Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses come to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. Hey guys, what's going on? Xander Kirby, host of the Down to Business Podcast. Cannot wait to have you listen to this episode where I talk with Mr. Corey Ballard, co-founder, owner, Perfect Cut, uh, one of the leading landscape and site management companies in the country. Um, he recently sold that company. It was acquired. He had a very nice exit, but he is still involved. And then he also owns Ballard Products, which is the Amazon for landscapers, a multi-million dollar company as well. So Corey's one of the more successful business owners in the service and trades businesses you're going to find. He has amazing insight. He has over 150 employees throughout his businesses. His experience is over two decades. You guys are not going to miss out. We're not going to talk about green industry. We're not going to talk about mowing. We're going to talk about how to build a healthy team, what it means to have a nice culture where people want to join, be on board, and, and, and be a part of your company. And one of our keys for today is listen to how you can get people on board and not just be a body and a person at your company, but be a team member. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts whenever you can. And thanks again for being a dedicated listener. We hope you guys enjoy this one. I don't really want to get into the nitty gritty of, you know, green industry talk like we have in the past. Uh, you know, you've been a friend of mine for a while, mentor, great things like that. But I do want to launch into the, uh, you, you mentioned 150 employees. And the first thing I want to get into today is leadership and, and how to lead people in the challenging times that we're in, not just inflation and financially, but just as people. Like we're in this weird cycle of People, do they want to work? Do they not? Do Why do they not want to work? Why do they not, right? And how do you keep people motivated with a healthy culture? I'm not saying you've done that perfectly. I'm sure you're going to give me several stories of how you haven't. But to have 150 people on board the ship that's not sinking, there's some there's amazing success stories within that. Um, so I'd love to hear, you know, some vulnerability, transparency. How hard is it or how have you successfully um, been a piece of the puzzle, you know, because I know you, you're, you're not a guy who says there's one guy leading this charge. It's a team effort, right? Sure. Um, what are you seeing when it comes to hiring and, and culture? Like, what are you seeing the challenges and successes that you guys have had and maybe some trends? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's extremely tough right now. Maybe as tough as it's ever been. And, you know, I hear a lot of guys say nobody wants to work today. And, and I don't believe that to be true. Um, I think it's definitely tougher than it has been. Um, but to say nobody wants to work is not true. Um, the good companies always find a way uh, to hire good people. Um, it's getting more and more competitive with not only wages, um, but trying to create a culture and an atmosphere where people want to be a part of something and, and work somewhere where they feel valued, cared for, and loved. And and so, I mean, we're not fully staffed. We've actually are subcontracting out more work than we ever have Um you know, ideally we would be at about 30 more employees. And so we've had to get a little creative and wow. subcontract doesn't make sense. But, you know, what we really spend a lot of time on that I don't know most companies do is um, if you see some of our social media stuff, you know, we have not only pancake breakfasts, um, we have safety meetings once a month, we have individual small team meetings, and we are constantly talking to our people about um, how much we care about them, how do we keep them safe, um, what opportunities are in the company for them? Um, 
we, we just share a lot of different things with them and really try to coach mentor. Yeah. And, uh, I use this a lot. We just try to love them to death. We want them to know that, that they work at a place that they're cared for. And, um, because the reality is we all know this, right. They, a lot of my people, we pay probably high, high end of the industry, you know, industry average, but they can go down the street tomorrow and probably get a dollar or $2 an hour more per hour. Now, Will that company pay them two bucks an hour more to get through the season? They probably will. Um, but will they keep them on in the winter? And do they have 401k? And do they have um, a healthcare program? And, you know, will they be looked after with the career path? And so, you know, we just spend a lot of time looking at our people as our number one asset. Mm, um, I love that. And, and we're working on, um, you know, just a lot of different, we've got safety pins being made with, that say, you know, how long they've been with the company and they wear the safety pin on their hat that says 10 year employee. And we're really trying to honor our people. And, you know, I talk to guys and, and, and they, man, it really throws me for a loop. You know, my employees are just workhorses and yeah, I don't really give a shit. Right. And, and that's just, I don't know if that mentality will work today. Um, it does not it works, work today. No, it works pretty fine, but, um, We've just really looked at our people as our number one assets. And it used to be our clients were our number one assets, right? And equipment can be bought and sold. I don't care about equipment. That's You got to have equipment, but fine and dandy. You can buy it. You can sell it. You can get more, right? Yeah. We used to say our clients were our number one asset. And we, we quickly realized that our people are our number one asset. Because without our people, it doesn't matter what clients we have. And, yep. and really just all the way from the day that we interview somebody to the orientation, we show them a video and we talk about company history and our core values and what we believe in. And we ask really good questions in the interviews and we, we really want to know who they are. What do they want out of life? What books do they read? What, what do they do in their free time? Um, do they coach Little League? Do they go to church? Um, who are you and, and where do you want to be? And, and is that a good fit for our culture as well? And and I've mentioned on a lot of different podcasts and some you know events where I speak at is, you know, I'd rather hire one person, you know, if we interview 10, I'd rather hire one of the right person than six that are wrong. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, that, that it costs us a lot of money to onboard people. We get them uniforms, we train them, we get them in a truck. They don't work out. We get rid of them. The morale goes down. So we've just really spent a lot of time on who are we, what are we looking for and who's a good fit and, one of the other things we do, Alex, and this might be a kind of a long-winded answer. I'll try to keep it short here. But when people leave, we've been spending a lot of time on exit interviews. And we've been – and they're tough to get when somebody quits. Um, sometimes you can't get a good exit interview. Now, yeah. if they do it properly, two weeks in, we get a nice exit interview. And, and we really encourage them to be brutally honest. What is wrong with our company? Why did you leave? Um, and then we, we really try to – to not only ask those questions, but then do something about it. And then the people that leave that don't give us proper notification, they just don't show up on a Tuesday, right? They just disappear. We will have, we have somebody in our office that'll call and we'll offer them a $50 gift card if they'll answer some questions for us. And we've found that information to be pretty valuable. Yeah. And, and we, we always try to say when somebody leaves, instead of saying, Hey, that guy is lazy. That guy doesn't want to work or gal, that gal, doesn't want to work. She's lazy. She'd rather just get unemployment. We try to take full responsibility and say, what did we do wrong in this transaction? Mm -hmm. What could we done different ownership to give Joe or Nancy a better opportunity? What did we do? Did we not interview them properly? Did we not explain the job properly? 
Do they not feel safe? Do we not train them? Do we not give them the proper tools, PPP or PPE? Um, what, what did we do? So I think a lot of people tend to say, nobody wants to work. Everybody's lazy. And the, these people are a piece of shit. We say, what did we do wrong? And how do we get better? And we constantly are working on. And so we take this information and we talk about it once a month. And we say, hey, we lost 12 people. And we heard the same thing six times. Yeah, They all said that they were treated poorly on their first day, right? Mm-hmm. Or they didn't feel safe. Or maybe some of our people, you know, again, maybe they just, they, they, they didn't think that this, you know, we didn't tell them that this job was going to be this hard. And so we try to really take that information and do something really valuable and important with it. Um, and then we try to correct and get better. And we are constantly getting better. I think people forget that, uh, you know, we've been doing this a long time. So like, oh, you guys got it all figured out. Hey guys, we want to take a quick second to thank today's show sponsor, Nice Job. If you guys have not checked out Nice Job yet, I think you should immediately, as soon as you're done listening to this episode of the podcast. What we have found with Nice Job across my multiple businesses is they help us have a simple way to get new reviews and make that into marketable material with their reputation management software. So nice job, very affordable, amazing results. We've gotten almost up to 100 new reviews over the last calendar year because of Nice Job and their software. So you guys make sure you go to Nice Job. So again, thank you, Nice Job, for being a show sponsor of the Down to Business podcast. So let's camp out on one thing you said, Corey, and kind of hone in on that. You said that as a business owner, I would rather hire one right person than six wrong people. And again, your story and what you guys have done is incredible, but I'd love for you to kind of speak today on this episode to the business owner that's sitting in their truck right now, listening to this podcast or sitting at home late at night, trying to figure out, is there enough money in the bank to pay the payroll next week? Right. Or maybe they're rolling in the cash and they're soaking in right now saying, man, I'm as good as Corey, yep, Corey Ballard. But what do you say to the business owner when it comes to people? Because what you're saying is uh, amazing about people. And I believe that in the service and trades businesses in particular, it's probably the biggest weakness because what you said is like, well, I'm paying them overtime. I'm paying them a good money. They got a work truck. Like they should be grateful. And as you said, that mindset needs to shift, you know, over time. And it is, but how do people believe that? Like what, what made you believe that, that you can say to the guy listening, was there like a monumental day where, um, you came home and you're like, man, I really don't treat my people good enough. Or, or maybe I'm missing something here. Do you have like a story that can lead to you sharing an experience with the owner? So maybe that they can change their life and their business today based on that? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. There's a lot of stuff you hit on there. But I mean, I, I think there were several years where we disconnected from our people. And, you know, we just weren't engaged in the mornings. There you um, go. We just uh, engaged. Mm-hmm. And they got the route sheet. They went out, they did their job. And we said, hey, you're lucky you have a good job, right? And and now we've just changed that. And, and Alex, you visited our site, I think, last year. Two, two years. Before, yeah, two years ago. And you saw our wash line. You saw the president of our company out there he was emptying trash cans. He, yeah. We engage with our people. So we just totally shifted our mindset. And, you know, and I've spoke on this and you guys can all Google it yourself and you can look at the top 10 reasons why somebody works somewhere. Pay is usually seventh or eighth. 
it's not about pay. Now, we all got to pay a competitive wage. We want our people to have enough money to, to, to live their lives. Say that Hopefully. one more time. I guarantee that 80% of the people that just heard you say that do not believe that. Say it one more time. About why people work where they work? About the pay. How pay is not not number one. Google it. Google, Google mm-hmm. top five reasons why somebody no, works where they work. We've, we've researched it. You're right. Pay won't even be on the top five. It's Crazy. usually seventh. Um, it's usually they feel valued. They feel like they're listened to and heard. They feel like there's opportunity. Um, there's so many things that are more important. Now, in this competitive work market, I don't want people to think, oh, that means I don't have to pay. You know, I, I got to just take good care of them. I can pay them less. You still got to pay a competitive wage and you should want your people to feel valued and compensated adequately. But it's not about pay. And, yeah. and um and one of the things is we started this and you kind of said, like, I, I hear guys say, man, I just need six guys. I need six anybody. <laughs> yeah. I just need six bodies. Do you? Do you? I would rather park a truck than just have six. I mean, I'd rather park two trucks tomorrow than have six of the wrong people in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we just we had to really change our focus and our and our whole company, just our whole company core value about three years ago when we realized that. We just were turning and burning. Our, our retention rate with our employees were less than 50%. I think now it's at about 90. Um, I'd have year to get over the math. Year? That's a year over year stat? Yep. So okay. I think we're at 90% retention rate on our people. And what we're also finding, Alex, is our people are our best recruiters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you take good care of people, they hang out with like-minded people. And so they're telling their friends, hey, man, I work over at Perfect Cut or I work over at Trifecta or mm-hmm. I work over at Joe Plumbing. And man, these guys love us. They take great care of us. And and so they start to become your best ambassador. Another thing that I think a lot of people would be shocked by is that statement. And they don't, I think it's one of those things you hear and a lot of people just don't believe, right? Is, is that your people are your best recruiting sphere. And they're, they're just, number one. And, yeah. and one more thing to get on, Alex, I, I think people also don't realize this. We let people come back when they leave, and I'll tell you why. If so, we get this quite a bit, and maybe you do too. Um, so a guy leaves, and if he does it properly, he puts in his two weeks, he says, hey, I'm going to go work for um, Elite Lawn Care. I don't know. And he says, they're going to offer me $2 an hour or more, and blah, blah, blah. And we say, man, we wish you the best of luck. Um, you know, we really appreciate your time here. We shake hands. When the, We let them people come back. They go work there for a month. They find out it's not exactly what they thought it was, right? Yeah. And they Hey man, I would love to come back and join the perfect cut team. I didn't realize how good I had it here. And most people will say, F him, right? He, he left me high and dry and he quit on me. And we let those people come back. And I'll tell you why, when a guy leaves and we've had it happen a lot and some of my best foremen today and, and some of our best production managers have left and come back when they leave and go out and test the, test the waters, you know, the grass is green. No, no unintended. Um, (laughs) When they come back, they're also, they're also now an incredible ambassador too. Because when they're in the shop and guys are talking shopper in the yard and they're like, "Yeah, I'm thinking about going over and working at Elite Lawn Care," and this guy's like, "Listen, dude, I left a year ago, and I, I'm telling you right now, you got it really good here. Oh, I really think you should think this through." So, you know, and I hear a lot of people, "I'm not letting him come back. He, you know, he screwed me." Well, you know what? Sometimes guys make bad decisions. Yeah. Sometimes they, somebody buck or two an hour at them and it seems like it's going to help cover their mortgage and maybe throw an extra pizza on the table on a Friday night. But when they leave and if they do it correctly, and sometimes even guys that don't, we'll let them come back. And I mean, some of them guys have been with us six, seven, eight, ten 10 years, but then 
they start to become an incredible ambassador for you in your parking like lot. And on your, they're like, dude, I left. And by the way, it ain't better. It's really good here. And I forgot how good it was here. I, and I, so that what you just said, Corey, about people being an ambassador, that like might be the word that language needs to be used more. Instead of a, your people being an employee, instead of your people being a per, like a, a person on payroll, Everyone that works for you is an ambassador for your company. They're they're a spring, a soundboard, um, and I mean, I'm like saying this super sincerely. I've never I've never thought of it as like the ambassador, um, someone that speaks your message for you, and you don't have to do it. That's pretty powerful. Um, I just let yeah. our, I just let our first two guys come back. One was because he had left to go to school. He didn't exactly leave the way I wanted him to leave, but he left for the right reasons. But he's probably our top two crew leader in my landscape company. And then another guy left poorly, but he asked to come back correctly. And so they've both been really great. So a lot, yeah, I think it's easy as a business owner, right, Corey, to like get bitter and upset and take everything personal. Um, But a lot of times, you know, like we talked about giving grace and compassion and understanding to people's mindsets at the time, even though maybe it was flawed, you can kind of put yourself in where they were at. Um, a lot of people listening right now, hopefully, can, can. I'm hoping they can start maybe realizing where maybe I'm running my people into the ground a little bit. Maybe I'm treating them like, you know, a body instead of a person. Um, and that's why I wanted to talk yeah. to you about today because I feel like, and I know for a fact because I've been there and I know you, um, that sentiment is real with your company of over 100 people. And gosh, I know you would tell people right now it's not easy, uh, like, like, managing that many people and all that stuff is not easy. And people, people, there's this weird sentiment. Like we have 21 people. People think it's easier as you get more people. Like there's this weird <laughs> mindset. It's like actually the opposite. It's way harder. Now you do get some systems in place and hopefully at some point you have an HR director and they can handle the hiring and offboarding and onboarding. So there are some levels that where mm-hmm. it gets, it doesn't get easier. Yeah. Um, but as Hopefully, you're not maybe doing all that day to day stuff. But one more thing I wanted to hit on there, Alex. Yeah. Is, are you a, so if you're you're a guy and you're 23 and you you're not sure if you want to go to college or what you want to do, and you're just called a laborer. You work for whatever lawn care company or plumbing company or electrical or dirt moving whatever whatever industry it might be a painting company, and you're just called a laborer. It's just is that what you are? Mm. It doesn't feel that good. No. And so there's these subtle things you can do. So we call those, they're team members. And yeah. so we've got team members and then we've got foremen and then we've got, you know, um, we've got, you know, project managers. We try to give people titles that feel a little bit more robust. Um, it doesn't, being a laborer or a team member doesn't pay you anymore, but hey, I'm a team member at Perfect Cut. Yeah, you're more bought uh, in. You're more bought in. You're more bought in. Yeah, I'm a crew and I'm a team member on the landscape team. Not I'm a laborer, which means I just dig holes. I'm a shoveler, right? So I just think there's all these little subtle things that you can do if you want to build people up. Mm. Um, you're going to have to find a way to get people to buy in and want to be there and feel important and feel special and feel heard and valued. And there's there's just this – I see guys that are winning and losing, and, and the way that they handle their people is the difference. I, I talked to a guy. Oh, that's that, so good. Uh, told, he said – you know, the difference between companies that are making it and not making it for business owners, it's it's kind of the amount of pain that you can endure. Like how much pain can you endure, Alex? I mean, because there's there's days I've talked to you. There's there's yeah. days that 
you talk to me where I'm like, man, what am I doing? Like, yeah. we got to do something different. Like, this is crazy. Yes. Um, you know, and so the business owner that can endure the most pain, um, but also understanding there's going to be ups and downs. Yeah. And what is our, how do we stick to, how do we stick to the plan and how do we know it's going to be okay? We just lost a, a team member um, here at Perfect Cut that's been quite a while at a pretty high up level. And we used to panic. Now we wish that person the best. We start back. We say, okay, how do we start the rehire process? How do we interview? You know, who's going to fill the gaps? Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. We've got enough structure in place that we can get through it. But, it's, uh, you know, it's just it's a, just a total mindset shift. And um, if you want to be successful, I don't care if you have six guys or 60 or 600. It's all the same. And then yeah. I also hear guys, well, when, when we get bigger, we'll get core values in place. When we get bigger, we'll change some titles. When we get bigger, we'll take better care of our people. What are you talking about? If you only have five guys, you should be really good. I mean, like, yeah. start now. Because when you get 30 guys, if your culture's screwed up, now you got a real problem. I didn't believe it until six months ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I didn't believe it until six months ago myself. And we just got core values after five and a half years in business and we got new titles and we got like everything you're talking about. I hired a um, director of operations because even though I'm the owner and do a lot of the operations, like I realized that there's a huge difference on the internal side versus the external side. Um, so it, it's hard. So, so Corey, say that to let's, let's um, kind of wrap up. I, again, I didn't want to take a ton of your time today. I really wanted to hit the meat and potatoes and not worry about the salad, but um to, to, the, to talk about the, to wrap up the systems and processes thing because in services and trades businesses focus most of the time it's like the least wanted to talk about thing um, for example when I talk to guys who own businesses they're like well I just don't have time I don't have time yep. to uh, so you have to, like dude make time like then your business is broken so can you talk about that for a couple minutes uh, as we wrap up is like what is a system what does that even mean systems and processes yeah I mean I can tell you just to be 100% honest we were t- terrible at it um for years we were at, at one point doing 10 million dollars in systems place we're really good at selling and we're really good at getting work done but what we were really bad at is we had no back-end structure mm-hmm. we weren't good at billing we weren't good at collecting we weren't good at buying products um you know at making sure we're getting the best prices on our products we were buying it is a total disaster we were buying stuff that we already had because nobody wanted to look for it um and so you really got to stop. And, and that's, I think, at least in the green industry and maybe a lot of them is a lot of our, our owner operators are really good in the field. Right. We're really good at we know the industry. We know how to get the work done. And 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 so that's where most guys struggle is, is they don't stop. And, and if you're not good at that, that's yeah. OK. I'm not good. Right. I'm not good at that stuff. But what I am really good at is getting people that are better than me around me. Take your ego out of it. And, and I know what I'm good at. And right. Even in our ballot, I only have a small team of 11 of us. I know what I'm good at. So I surround myself with people with a skill set that's different than mine. And I have to because I'm kind of a tornado. And so I need people around me to pick up the pieces. And so as a business owner, you know, I hear a lot of I can't afford an admin assistant. I'm like, you know, could you maybe afford somebody for 20 hours a week that could help with your billing, maybe your payroll, maybe yeah. your taxes, maybe accounts, uh, accounts receivable, your accounts payable, you know, and there's just so many things that, um, 
and that's the difference between, you know, running a business and really just working on, you know, in your business. Um, mm-hmm. And you, I don't, you can, you can do it your way and, and you can have a nice little income and you don't work for anybody else and you can get up when you want and work when you want, but you're not building a company. You're, you, you just got a job and you don't have a boss, but it's not a long-term sustainable you know, business model. And, you know, you and I talked before we jumped live, yeah. you know, whether a guy or a company at some point, that's not a sellable business. And, um, and I promise you, if you put systems in place, even though it's hard and grueling and not fun, it starts to run so much better. And you're like, holy shit, why didn't I do this two years ago? Oh, my God. Like, every time we do something, we look back and go, oh, my God, what were we doing? Yeah. I mean, even our, we, just, we added this new shipping software that just automates everything. And we're like, oh, my God, what were we doing? Like, but it was grueling. Yeah. It took, it was so you know, so it's short-term pain, long-term gain, mm. how much work in now to be a better company. And, and I also think a lot of times guys go, well, I'll fix it in the winter. I just, I'm, a, I'm totally opposite of that. You know, I, I talked to your friend, you know, our friend, Aaron, um, he's got a great company, Thunderbird. He was talking about changing his business model a little bit and, and maybe getting rid of some clients. And we're talking about pricing increases and fuel and, and, oh, well, maybe I'll change that in the off season. No, no, stop. You can change that now. So why would you go through six more months of pain? You don't have to. Right. <laughs> like, and I hear that so much. Well, next winter, I'm going to fix all these problems. Why not fix them now? Or not all of them, but, you know, make a list. What are the top two or three things that are really, really holding us back, hurting us, not efficient, not working well in our company? Can we fix two of them? Mm. Can we fix in July? Can we fix one in August? And start taking the, you know, just start fixing things. And I just, I hate when guys tell me they're going to fix their business in the winter. I don't know what that means. Yeah. No, I love that. And Aaron actually called me last night, ironically, and said he did it right now. So he took your advice on that. And he said, like, dude, it's so much better. I'm like, I told you. It's, you know, like, you, you you know, you got to take action. You can't just sit around and bitch about it. You got to take some action. Um, calculated. You've got to run, run some analysis, look at it. What's best for the company talk, you know, and sometimes you talk to your people, Hey guys, I'm thinking about do, if you're a small company, we're thinking about getting rid of 20 clients. And this is what it would mean to our company. We think we can work four, 10 hour work, you know, work days instead of five. We think that we can do better quality work. We think we can control overtime. We think we can give you guys raises and take better care of our equipment. And Friday is going to be our flex day or whatever it looks like mm-hmm. in your business. But I like to talk to people and, and say, hey, guys, this is what we're thinking about doing. Here's why we think it's going to work better. Is there anything as an owner I'm missing? Yeah. What's your perspective of the field? You know, Corey, that, that sounds good, but that's not going to work. Well, tell me why. Okay. And so then when you make those changes, it's not you as a dictator. It's a collective decision. Yeah. as a t- Col- Collaborative. Yep. Everybody goes, yeah, we're on board. And and the other thing I want to hit on, too, and I know I'm, I could do the I could do podcasts all day. Yeah, is, me too. <laughs> is when you make those decisions with your team, like, you know, let's just say you've got a couple of managers in your team underneath you, Alex. You guys all have to be on the same page. Nothing I hate more than let's say you make a decision. Yeah. And then they main guy and, they, and and that guy says, you know what? That wasn't my call. That was Alex's call. Disunity. I, absolutely not. Like we, everybody, when we make decisions in our strategy meetings, We'd say, do we all agree this is the direction of the company? Like it or not, whether you 100% agree with it, 
this is what we agreed as a collective group that, and this is why we're going to do it. So when somebody comes to you and says, Hey, why are we doing this? You don't say, Oh, I don't know. It wasn't my idea. That was, that was Corey's decision. I ain't got nothing to do with it. Yeah. They say, we did, we agreed as a team that we think this is for the, the best of the company. It's going to work in our business model better. And we're going to take better care of you and your family. Yeah. And so got to be buying across the board. Huge. And if you got somebody on your team, that's, that's, well, I don't know, man. What that ain't my call. That's Alex. He, I guess I guess Alex doesn't want to pay overtime, so sorry. Like, no, 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 dude. We agreed together, right? Yeah. Like, right. We all. I've been oh. saying a little phrase the last few months that hey, we don't have to be on the same page, but we need to be on the same chapter. You know, like, yeah. like I can see we can agree to disagree a little bit, but we have to at least be in the same chapter of the book here. You know, at least in the same realm of, and and hopefully we can get on the same page. But hey, Corey, we're running out of time, and uh, I don't want to take you too much time. But I really appreciate you for being on today, man. And and I think this was a lot of great information. Nice to not talk too much about the green industry for the first time on a podcast, right? Um, okay, okay. So, I'll do it whenever nah, if you ever want. Me. I know. I I love talking business. I love talking about people, and uh, you know, if there's anything I can do to help, uh, you know, guys, if you want to reach out to me, we're easy to find on you can shoot me messages i'm handling the social media through through ballard products um you can shoot me an email and i get i get back to everybody and and i i don't do consulting but i do answer a lot of questions where guys say hey man i'm struggling what do you think and and i'll always email them back and say hey man here's what i think you should try and so if there's anything i can do to help anybody in the industry um i'm here for you and uh I love, you know, the more I give, uh, the more I get back. And, uh, and so love I, I, I love people who try to run their business and I want to, I want everybody to kick ass. That's yeah, my deal. That's right. Thank you so much, Corey. Guys, this is the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby. We'll see you next time.